Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife on 99.1 FM Talk. I'm Ashley Sanchez. Joining me is Aaron Keller. We have Aaron Meyer and Nick Dewey. Did I say that right, Nick? I will take it. Nick Dewey or Nick Dewey, I'll answer to both. Perfect. (laughs) We are all with the Nevada Department of Wildlife, and we are talking about boating safety because it's the time of year where people are getting out their boats and heading out on the water. So... Um, Aaron and Nick, take it away. What message do you want to get out to people? Yeah, it's funny because Ashley and I were actually out last Friday on Tahoe, and it's going to be pretty hard to to not go back to the lake. Like, it's getting beautiful out there. And and, uh, I've seen the weather down in Vegas. What are you in the hundreds now, Nick? Yeah, we're at 112 right now when I was coming home. So it it is warm, Um, and it's it's the the water's really nice to be out on uh, Lake Mead or Lake Mojave. it's a, it's a good place to be right now. Yeah, so you know, as the heat, as the the weather warms up, this is when we always come out and uh, just want to make sure that you, everybody's using their head out there because we we've, we've got some basic rules and we you know we just like to always hit on those rules just so people can go out and have a good time but also come back safely. Exactly, it's all about having a good time but also being safe while out there. Exactly. And speaking right. of that day in Tahoe, it was extremely choppy out there as well. So it could be the nicest day out, and it's going to be choppy out on the water. So that's why there's a lot of things to consider and prepare for before going out. Yeah, Nick and I were just yeah. talking. Go, go ahead, Nick. Yeah, you know, um, with um, this time of year, you know, towards the end of June, beginning of July, into August, I don't know about in we know, but down here in, in uh, our area, we get a lot of this monsoon weather coming through Arizona. So we'll get pretty violent little thunderstorms that'll pop up in the afternoons. Um, one of the best ways to be safe with that uh, is when you see this happening, don't try to outrun it. Find a cove literally where you can't see the lake. You can't see the expanse of the lake. So get into that cove. Put your life jackets on and hunker down. Do not try to outrun it. That's uh, a bad choice uh, to do because once this weather comes up like this, uh, it, it can be pretty pretty uh, violent. For sure. There's like a few waters that uh, when I was younger, my dad would always say, like, if you could see the dust on the other side of the lake, like, now get off the water, like, make your way to the boat launch and get off right. there because it is coming. Like, there, it right. just starts at one end and kind of rolls over the lake. Well, a lot of it you can't see because of the cliffs. Like, okay, so if you're in Lake Mead, you know, and, and, and you're near the cliffs, let's say on the Arizona side, um, you can't see those thunderstorms coming up until it's too late. So, right. um, you know, hunkering down in, in a protected cove is the way to go. For sure. That's good to note. I feel like you the first thing you may want to do is try to, you know, outrun it because you're freaked out and want to get out off the water. So mm-hmm. that is good right. advice. Right. Yeah, and that's, that, a, that's the, the wrong decision usually. Yeah, yeah I was going to say that's the problem with uh, with Tahoe is you know it's such an enormous lake that when that wind starts to kick up, you really don't. Your option is not going to be to to outrun it. It's going to be to you know right 
But the and that's the first the, thing you should do is put that life jacket on. Get everybody on the boat to put that life jacket on. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Simple what, step. Yeah, the, that could the, save a life. The weather's gonna gonna show up from time to time, but if you're wearing your life jacket, you know, you're you're a whole lot safer. Like the the problem up up at Tahoe is with the paddleboarders, is they're out there on a you know really nice day where it's nice and flat, and so they're not wearing their life vest, and the wind kicks up, and they get knocked off their board, and they're not wearing their life vest, and it uh, ends poorly, to yeah. say the least. Also, yeah. paddle paddleboarding is deceivingly hard. <laughs> so where like, are your life like i mean sure. you're out there it's great on a glassy di- like the water's perfect but then right. the wind comes up like you get, i get tired fast i mean i'm not in the best shape but <laughs> uh you know we're putting your make sure you have your life jacket on when you're doing that is definitely an easy step right. to you, know, you just lay down on your board at that point and that's a point so even if you're out, say, in a kayak or on a paddleboard, you should be wearing a life jacket. It's not just in, like, a motorized boat. Well, that's Right. It's, it's any type of vessel. It's mm-hmm. any type of vessel. And a paddleboard is considered a vessel. So if you have a person who is 11 years old and they're on that paddleboard, they have to have their life jacket on. Adults, they have to have one on the board with them. They don't necessarily have to have it on, but the best place that you can have it, you don't have to worry about it falling off or getting away from you, is to have it on your body, you know, then you don't have to worry about it. And they make life jackets specifically for every type of activity that you do now, so there's no excuse to say, oh, it's hot, it gets in the way, I can't paddle correctly, just not wearing the right life jacket then. Yeah, exactly. And you picture life jackets like these big blocky the orange i picture the bright orange life jackets but there's really so many different like you said there's so many different ones now for different activities no i I was gonna say for me it it often comes down to you know uh, adults are just i don't know they're too cool or they're they're too confident in their own abilities like how many times do you have to hear oh i'm a really strong swimmer well so have been lots of other people that have drowned on those lakes like being a strong swimmer is not always going to save you but that life vest will Right. You know, being, having the life jacket on allows you, if you find yourself in the water, it allows you to not have to worry about how am I going to keep my head above water to breathe. So it allows you the opportunity to self-rescue, to get yourself back in a boat, to wave your arms for help, to even just blow the whistle that you have on your jacket so that you can get somebody's attention. And, and that's really important that a lot of people don't think about. Well, we've talked a lot about wearing life jackets, but what else can people do that they might think that they might not think of um, to prepare before heading out on the water? Right. So before you go out on the water, everybody should do go through a safety checklist. You know, make sure that your fire extinguisher is on board. You know where it is. You can get to it quickly, and that it's charged. Make sure you have this is in safety, but make sure you have your registration. Make sure your letters are on. Make sure you have your AIS decal. Um, make sure that you have life jackets on board for everybody who is going to be on there. So if you've got small children, make sure you've got enough life jackets to cover them because the adult life jacket's not, not going to work. Um, it's not going to be accepted for them. You know, these kind of things before you get out on the water make the um, experience on the water a lot nicer. Exactly. Yeah, I was just talking to our our chief game warden tyler turnipseed and that's what he said is you know if you've run across a game warden out there and, and you haven't gone through this checklist 
it's not going to be the best visit you've ever had. You're going to get a citation, but you know we'd rather you get a citation than have to worry about losing a loved one because all of these rules are for your safety. We didn't just magically come up with them. They're they're to make your trip as fun as it can possibly be, but also safe because we want you to, to have the best day ever, but we also want you to get off that lake safely. Right, to be able to come back and do it again. Right. <laughs> exactly, and it, it doesn't take long to prepare. It's pretty simple steps to take and it will make your day and your time out on the water a lot more fun for everyone and you'll also be doing it safely right and the thing that that, the thing that's probably going to get me never invited onto anyone's boat ever again is uh me personally you know yes i want every well because legally everyone on the boat has to have a life vest but i'd like everyone on the boat to be wearing the life vest because you know accidents happen because they're accidents like i I've seen some some video where the the person didn't do anything wrong, but something mechanically happened to the boat. It ejected people out of the boat, and and they were wearing their life vests, or otherwise they would not have survived. Like it, it you know anything can happen. And if you've just got them packed into a corner and you tell everybody, hey, here's all the life vests, then after you get in the accident, uh, what what's the scenario? We we go back and divvy them up. Like how does that work? We're all in the water now without our life vests. Right. Yeah, you used to have this discussion with your predecessor all the time. You know, like, could you see the headline? Uh, boating safety coordinator, Southern Nevada, drowned in Louisiana while boating with his family because exactly. he didn't have his life jacket on. You know, it's, it's, uh, I, I could never, ever be on a boat again for the rest of my life without a life jacket on. So, you said it was a boating uh, safety coordinator? No, no he was saying, see the headline. Oh, yeah. No. I was like, did no. that really happen? <laughs> no. Yeah, that would be the headline for me. Yeah. Because that, that would be my If something ever uh, happened. My headline. It's so true, though. Well, and that's the thing. Nick and I go to the same conferences, and we see the same stuff. Uh, you you can't watch too many of these these presentations before you think, I'm never getting on a boat without <laughs> a life vest on, because you've seen all these people do absolutely nothing wrong, but something tragic right. happened because the boat, you know, malfunctioned or somebody else did something wrong and they wound up in the water. Somebody else didn't know what they were supposed to do. Somebody's kid drowned or something tragic happened because nobody was wearing their life vest. So uh, you're never going to see me on a boat without a life vest again. And so now when I see people drive by, I'm glad they're having a good time, but I really wish they were wearing their life vests. And then that's another issue is people having a good time. And sometimes out on a boat, people have a little bit too much fun and they may be drinking while out boating. That's one of the leading causes of accidents, correct, out on the water? Yeah, one of the, the leading, like, so where the cause is known, so where they know um, what happened on the boat and it wasn't just some person by themselves or, you know, they, they don't have enough information. The leading cause is alcohol for accidents and for deaths. So um, alcohol, and, and not only that, but now you got to think about uh, since uh, marijuana is legal, um, that's another thing that, that uh, you know, we are on the lookout for while we're out there. We being the, the law enforcement uh, part of the now. Um, so it makes it a lot more difficult. Uh, if, if people um, realize that they're already sort of impaired just by these things called environmental stressors while they're out there, um, the sun, the heat, the waves, the sound of the engine constantly buzzing in your ear, the motion, your body's constantly trying to keep itself stable while it's on the boat. All these things add to um, the, the fact that uh, if you drink alcohol or if you smoke some weed, uh, that's going to 
intensify the effects of those. So, um, you know, if you can, you know, I, I want to say designate a driver, but that doesn't work. It's not the same as in a car because people in a car are buckled in or stuck mm-hmm. within the door. But uh, on a boat, they can get up and move around. Um, if you have somebody that is impaired, um, put them in a life jacket, first of all, right off the bat. Um, and that, that way, at least they're a little safer if they get up, move around, and fall. Make sure they have a, a, some kind of an emergency medical kit, something that you can do, you know, simple, basic cuts and bruises and stuff so if people do fall. But, yeah, alcohol is a big deal. And uh, I would prefer people to wait until they get home rather than do it when they're out there. We always joke it's one more reason that Nick and I will probably never be invited onto anyone's boat we don't want you drinking on the boat because we've seen what happens and it's right. worth it though not to drink because it could you know it could result in someone's life definitely we'll get into this a little more in the second part of the show but we're running out of time for the first half but we will be right back after this quick break you're listening to nevada wild if you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Um, before the break, we were talking about boating and boating safety and also about alcohol on the water and why it is so dangerous so do you guys want to get into that a little bit more yeah i was i was just joking before you went to break how nick and i are never going to get invited again (laughs) because we we don't want people we don't want people drinking on the boat but uh like i've told aaron before it's not because we want to ruin your day it's because these game wardens have been out there and they've seen what happens when people drink and drive a boat and, and an accident happens like Driving a boat is not the easiest thing in the world, and you throw alcohol on top of that. And, like, especially for Nick down there with uh, uh, Lake Mead or uh, or the Laughlin area, there's a lot of stuff going on out there. You need to be have all your faculties, and so mm-hmm. you throw alcohol or, or drugs on that, and, and that's just an accident waiting to happen. So, you know, don't do it. We, we just want you to go out there sober and boat sober and, and have a good time. But, yeah, I mean, that's not an easy thing to do, so please don't drink and boat and don't do drugs and boat like it's just not a comedy the problem is is that it, it's a cultural thing where because i was raised with the same thing you've seen all the beer commercials you've seen everything else you're sitting on a boat and the guys that the, the guy driving the boat has a beer in his hand and he's looking over his shoulder and he's talking to his friends like we've all been raised to have this picture of what boating is and unfortunately alcohol has has made its way into like that's right. the norm you're supposed to have a big cooler full of beers that's what i picture everybody on the boat's boat. drinking and we're saying that that picture is a super dangerous picture and we'd like to somehow you know across the country change that picture right and and you know it's uh if you think about it this way also you know um people drive their car every day they're behind that wheel every day probably 20 30 minutes doing different situations they, they run across emergency situations they know how to get on quickly the average boater gets out there on a lake and probably use their boat once a month for four months and then they put it away um so the ability to handle 
a lot of these situations that might come up is is uh, hard just for the fact that you don't use your boat as much, but then when you add alcohol to it, it, it impairs you even more. So. That is true. I don't think people realize how dangerous boating is compared to driving. Like you, you know, right. every day. But it's still out. a lot of fun. It is fun. We want people to get out there. Don't, don't not go out on the water, but we just want people to take, that's why you take those extra steps and you prepare beforehand and wear your life jacket. Um, and you guys have a big campaign coming up, Operation Drywater, or it's actually happening as we speak. I was going to say Operation Drywater is a, uh, a national campaign is happening in all 50 states. It's happening in the territories. This is, uh, this is when all law enforcement, uh, teams up together and puts a, a real concerted effort into being out there looking for uh, boating under influence. So BUIs out there. So t- today, tomorrow, and Sunday, you know, my guess is if you're out there, you're probably going to see somebody, most likely a game warden or or someone else that that we're partnering with. But you you will see law enforcement out there. So uh, I we don't want you to drink at all, but. Believe me when I tell you, this is not the weekend to be out there drinking and boating. Right, uh, and and it's not only in the Nevada Department of Wildlife uh, down here in uh, in the southern region on Lake Mead, Mojave, and in Laughlin. You know, also we'll be partnering up with the National Park Service. There will be uh, the Arizona Game and Fish, and you know, California Boating and Waterways, um, and some of the local constituencies also taking part in this. So it's it's. It's not just one agency. It's a big agency. It's a big push. Once a year, usually uh, the weekend before the 4th of July, that way we can raise that awareness before that big holiday comes on. That's right. And that's another thing is 4th of July is coming up, and that is a day. That's why we're doing this podcast, because that's a day where a lot of people and families will be headed out there on the water. Yeah. And yeah, so, Oh, I'm go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on you there. That's okay. But, You're uh, on the phone. You didn't know. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, so last year, you know, in 2017, they had 628 different local, state, and federal agencies participate in this. And over the three-day weekend, law enforcement officers contacted over 240,000 voters, and they made 518 uh, BUI, so it's voting under the influence. We call it operating under the influence, so same thing. So they made 518 arrests. Um, and issued over 32,000 uh, citations and warnings for people who were illegally voting or didn't have safety equipment and gear that they needed. So uh, just be aware that uh, that that same thing is going to happen this year uh, with the same amount of enforcement. Yeah, those, those aren't small numbers. You know, that's a lot yeah. of law enforcement presence. It's a lot of OUIs written, um, for sure. Yeah. And you said, so this is a week-long campaign? Uh, no, it's a weekend. Your weekend, right? A weekend. Gotcha. But the, the Operation Drywater is actually a year-long uh, kind of a informational thing where they're, they're all law enforcement agencies are just trying to get this message out of, you know, boating sober. Because, they, like I said, they've all seen what happens when you don't, and so they, they do this big push. But during those three days is when they really get out on that water and, and go looking for it. And, that, and that's what, what Nick was pointing out, too, is it's also a good time to uh, to go through that checklist because, you know, you you may be sober, but if you don't have enough life vests, if you don't have your voter education card, like there's a bunch of other things. Well, they're going to be on the water looking for, for violations, obviously mostly looking for, for intoxicated voters, but, you know, if they come across, 
your boat's not registered, you don't have your AS decal, you're, you're going to get a citation. So this might be the time to go through that checklist Nick was talking about. Right. Some of the other the, some of the other safety equipment that you're going to need to have on is a, a Type 4 throwable. And this is, we're talking for boats 16, over 16 feet and under, I think, uh, 40 feet. So you're going to need to have a Type 4 throwable device. You need light jackets for everybody. You need to have a fire extinguisher. All these things need to be Coast Guard approved, and they need to be in serviceable condition. It means they can't, life jackets can't have rips or tears in them, and all the belts and buckles need to work. Your fire extinguisher needs to be charged, um, and you need to make sure that uh, your Type 4 is also the same way. It needs to be serviceable. They need to be readily accessible, so if you're hunting all over your boat for it, and it takes you 25, 30 seconds to find it, that's not readily accessible. So your life jackets, your fire extinguisher, all that stuff, you should know where it is, not have them buried under a bunch of fishing or ski equipment um, so that if you are asked for it, you can get to it quickly. It goes back to that preparing before getting out there. For sure, right. yeah. It just takes a couple minutes to kind of get your boat organized, get your stuff together before you ever go out. It's a lot easier to do it while it's still on the trailer, you know, than it is later on. And trust me, they... The game wardens are not sad when they contact somebody on the water and they go through the checklist and everything checks out and you're you're in great shape. They do not want right. to write you a ticket. They're not out to get you. They're making sure that you're safe out on the water and so And yeah. again, we want people to get out there and have fun. We just <laughs> we're pushing them to go through this checklist. Yep. No, yeah, I was going to say that's the, the, the funniest part is is you get this big brother attitude when the game wardens show up, but th it's exactly correct. They didn't get into this job because they don't like being on the water and they don't like hunting and fishing. Like, they love it so much that they want to make sure everybody's doing it safely so that they can keep doing it. Like, then that game warden pulls up alongside your boat. He's, he's hoping that you have everything. He's hoping you're not intoxicated and that this will just be a fun little, you know, <laughs> Get to meet a game warden, yeah. and then you can go on and have your day. For but, sure. Right. But he get will to find out what bait you're using and fishing. Right, so exactly. That, uh, he can pass along to other people or use it himself. You know? Yeah, may learn something. Right. So, and Aaron, it's funny because I know last time we did a boating podcast, you kept saying, this is so depressing, this podcast, because we were talking about Yeah, we're always going to be that guy. <laughs> but it's a fun podcast because we want, we're getting ready for 4th of July. We want people to get out there. Right, of course. We want everybody, out, you know, out on the lake having the best time possible. We have a lot of really great uh, water here in Nevada, but we want you to do it safely because, yeah, these game wardens don't want to have to be looking for a loved one, mm -hmm. like, They've seen it. That's why they're. That's why they are handing out citations because they've seen the other side of it, and it is not pretty. Yeah, they would much rather write a citation than be looking for somebody exactly that's missing. And should we get into a little bit of the boater education? Go yeah, I can go ahead and take it. So, um, boating education is mandatory in the state of Nevada for people who were born after, on, or after January first, nineteen eighty-three. Um, we have offered, there's a, a couple of different ways that you can get this taken care of. You can go online. There's a couple of different um, approved courses um, that, that are, are on our website. Or if you'd rather, and, and this is what I tell a lot of people to do, is uh, go take a sit-down class uh, where you can get in with uh, the Power Squadron uh, or you can get with uh, U.S. Coast Guard Auxiliary. Some of these places offer sit-down classes. They even offer classes where they'll take you out 
on a boat, and there's some hands-on experience at the training you can get. So once you get that card, you don't have to worry about, uh, um, you know, uh, if you get stopped uh, or getting a ticket for not having, the, of course, not having the, the, uh, the card with you. You carry it with you at all times whenever you're PW, on a PWC or whether you're uh, on a boat. Uh, I guess it's the mandatory. You have to have, you have to be at least 14 in order to operate a PWC. So if you're, uh, the, the age is a little different for when you're operating a vessel. Um, you have to be uh, at least 16 years old, I believe, and have somebody watching you if you're going to tow somebody with a vessel. So somebody has to be sitting there watching you uh, while you're doing it if you're 14. If you're 16, you can do it as long as you have your voting education card. But you have to be at least 14 to operate a PWC. So, so Nick, we don't let the biologists get away with it, so we're not going to let you get away with it. What is a PWC? It's a personal watercraft. So they used to be called Sea-Doo's, but Sea-Doo is a, uh, a specific name of one company. Um, so now personal watercraft is, you know, uh, they, they can hold up to two or three people uh, sitting on it, just like, uh, it's like the motorbike of, uh, of the water. Gotcha. Okay. Very fast, very powerful. Um, and uh, you need to have just as many, there's rules for those two. You know, you have to have, you have to actually be wearing your life jacket no matter how old you are when you're operating a PWC. You have to have a fire extinguisher for it, um, and, and that's the two main ones. Of course, you need to carry your registration with you, too. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, man. And for me, it's the same as the life vests. Even though you're not required to take a boater education if, you have, if you're born before, 1983, which some of us are, I'd like to point out. <laughs> I'd still like everybody to take a boater education course if you're going to be operating a boat because the con the, the conception is that uh, it's a toy, and that's an awfully powerful toy. Yeah, uh, for I don't, sure. I don't think it's a toy. It's just like a car. Like Nobody lets you into a, into a vehicle to drive the first time without taking some sort of training. Well, you need that same training for a boat. Yep, or a yep definitely true. And we are starting to run out of time, but real quick, who's going out boating anytime soon or on 4th of July? Oh, I'll be out this weekend for sure. Nice. 100%. I want Weather's to get nice. to Tahoe ASAP. Yeah, last time I went to the lake, the wind was too bad and the rain, it rained a little bit on Sunday. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to try and make it out. Unfortunately, I cannot get out onto the water this weekend, but I will be filming some PSA. Uh, I had some stuff on YouTube, hopefully, uh, next weekend with Doug, Doug Nielsen. So. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah, and Aaron and, Ashley, Aaron and Ashley just yeah. got off the water up at Lake Tahoe. So. It was a good yeah. day at work. Yeah. Right. It was not terrible. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Nick, for calling in over the phone, and Aaron for coming in and doing this. Um, thank you all for listening to Nevada Wild. Join us again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife.